1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy for Women with Dr. Michelle Owens on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. And now... Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
2: And hello. This Hi. is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing Surprise. issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I am Dr. Allie Brown. I am joined today, of course, with my distinguished uh Co-host Dr. Michelle Owens She is an expert in maternal fetal medicine At UMMC I am a surgical pathologist Pregnant feet uh,
3: and pieces of feet
2: there. What? Yeah. Oh, what? Over- hey. If people don't know what the show is about, that sounds random and sort of creepy. Our guest today, let me just put it out there now then. Our guest today Drum roll. is Dr. Stephanie Thomas from the Premier Foot Clinic. She is a regular on the show. It's the foot show today. The foot Everybody show. loves the foot show. The number is 1 877 MPB Ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464. Call us with any questions or comments you might have. You can also email us at women at mpbonline.org. Well, good morning, Dr. Owens. Good morning.
3: <laughs> hey. So chipper. I know. I'm so excited.
2: It's always a fun show on the foot show. Doc- it is. Yeah. So, with no further, ad- I'm trying to, we always have like foot puns. We make, and you know, I have I've drawn today. completely a blank.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm always ready for whatever comes. So, I'm Well, ready.
2: that's a fact. Well, hello, Dr. Thomas.
0: Hello.
3: Welcome back. Love. Welcome back. Yay. It's been too Yay. long. I, I know. know. I missed you guys. We missed you too. So what's new? Tell us what's going on. What's new at the Premier Foot Clinic? So there might be some people who are listening who um don't know about you and all of your wisdom as the foot whisperer. So oh, tell wow. Them, the tell, foot whisperer. The, tell them a little bit about yourself and kind of what, what you do, where you do it. But what I tell people is anything
0: medically and surgically with the foot. That's what we do. Um, Been in Clinton for 20, should I say that out loud? 17 years. Since birth. Yeah, (laughs) since birth. Okay. Um, But we treat anything you could think of as far as the foot. So there's no restrictions at all. Um, As far as things coming up, I'm going to do a plug for our state association. Our Mississippi Podiatric Medical Association has our state annual conference um, this year on the coast and it's actually our largest one we have speakers from all over the country that are converging on our state to learn everything about diabetes and the manifestations on the foot well, excellent awesome. well, that's so,
3: great uh, and you are a past president of that yes and that word organization? is very
0: important past president <laughs> awesome
3: well that's great so <laughs> you what, hung up your crown <laughs> okay. and your scepter yes. There you go. yes well so um I'm really excited. I think this we we typically get a lot of calls so just a reminder to everybody um all of our phone lines are open and we are um waiting anxiously to take your calls. Um but I think it's really this is a great show because a lot of times I think people don't know who to talk to when they have a problem with their feet. And there are plenty of um other medical conditions that can affect uh, people's feet or have effects on the feet and so I think for people who have any of those medical conditions they know they may know the importance of foot care if they don't know the importance of foot care we will have an opportunity to talk a little bit about that today um, and also for the athletes or the aspiring athletes or uh, the retired athletes um, really important to know how to take good care of your feet because we spend so much time on them
0: and we forget that um I'm going to throw my plug in. We forget that the foot is the foundation because if the foundation of your house is off, what happens to the rest of the off home? Off footing. There you go. But um uh,
3: <laughs> finally. She'll see there, she finally. It I I feel like it's coming back. Um <laughs> Yeah, because it says that each foot takes one and a half times your body weight when you walk. That's yes. one of those little foot fun foot facts.
2: One and a half, I guess, because of gravity and, your and the other
3: part is like just the shifting of your weight as you step from mm-hmm. one to and the, the other. majority of
0: it happens in that heel with heel strike when you hit the ground. And we see a lot of patients with heel pain, especially this time of year. You mentioned the athletes and, um, you know. January 1st comes, what do we do? We make New Year's resolutions to lose weight. We join gyms and take off. And that's where you start to see a lot of problems. So typically around this time of year, that's when we see an uptick of ankle sprains, strains, foot injuries from stress fractures to plantar fasciitis, Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. So
2: and a lot of people don't know they have foot problems. So I know that you say it every time you're in here that your feet should not hurt.
0: They shouldn't hurt. I think That's people think, normal. oh, my foot hurts, feet hurt. Oh,
2: um, and my
0: favorite is this, when patients will come in and say, my feet are hurting because I stood on concrete for 10 years or whatever. And I say, I think everybody stands on hard surfaces. So it's not just the hard surface, there's other things causing your foot pain.
3: So, um, I... But I, I kind of get the the concrete thing though. I can tell a difference. You can when depending on what kind, yeah, Yeah. what what kind of shoe, and depending on whatever kind of as I've learned to say, whatever kind of shoe gear, whatever kind of shoe gear you have on, you can. It may make it a little bit more like you can tell differences. For example, I went to an event um, at my kid's school, but it was a little dressy event. Mm And it was held in a place that had a concrete floor. And I had on some heels just for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. But I could tell the difference of standing on that. It's different than standing on a plush carpet or something like that. That That's
0: that's true. Mm -hmm. But if you think about um, now, what's the trend in most people's homes? We've taken out carpet. We've put in tile. We've put put in hardwood. And my favorite, scored concrete. And (sighs) so... You go home to that same hard surface just like at work. And you're right. We, I tell patients all the time, we didn't come out of the womb with shoes, and we came up with hard surfaces because it was grass, dirt, and sand. So you're right. It was not meant for that. But since we do have hard surfaces, shoe gear plays an important role.
3: Awesome. So we actually have a caller on the line. So we're going to hold that thought and go to Kathy, who's calling us from Columbus. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning.
4: I've had a persistent problem with nail fungus, so the one foot for over 20 years, and then finally it uh, spread to the uh, left foot, and I've been to a couple dermatologists about it. I've been told that the topicals aren't effective, but I'm nervous about taking any kind of systemic, and one doctor uh, subscribed uh, to... medication which I found out later was going to run me $500 and I thought, well, my feet aren't worth it.
0: <laughs> yes, they are. Keep going. <laughs> so that's where I am. The me- I have not sure as far as the medication. It was $500. Um, make sure that it didn't require a prior authorization um, because the two most common oral meds are both generic. So I'm not sure what was prescribed for you that cost $500. But some insurances still will require, even though it's generic, a prior authorization. So I don't know if that happened. The topical medication you have to use for a year. On their label, they say 11 months, but a year. And the success rate is only about 30%. So the orals, at least you have a higher chance of getting rid of it. And as far as the systemic problems, it's no different than taking any other medication. Let your doctor um, control that. And the way we control it is that we can check your liver enzymes, your kidney function, just to make sure that it's not having an impact. It's no different than if you were taking hypertensive medication or any type of diabetic medication or anti-inflammatories. If you are on long-term anti-inflammatories, we check to make sure it's not causing any problems systemically.
3: But the no, antifungals okay, so. kinda I mean, they are they are like antibiotics for funguses. And the truth is that for I guess you had to say fungi. But anyway, um <laughs> But for but fungal infections can be very difficult to treat, especially on the nails. So, Kathy, I'm really glad that you called because I'm sure that you probably represent a lot of other people in our listening audience who have struggled with dealing with um, issues related to nails, and so not just what people may get from you know whether it's you know not um, from working out or what have you. But also, I guess, with pedicures and these other different things that people are doing to their feet could also predispose them. And it is a very difficult um, and time consuming process to rid yourself of a nail fungus once you get it. How long do you
0: have to take the systemic medicine? Um, Most of the time, about four months. But I would tell you this, uh, Kathy, some patients, and it doesn't happen often, but I have seen it before, especially in patients who are immunocompromised or have other um, a lot of medical problems where the nail fungus may sit dormant for years and then changes and just like you said it just start to spread to the other foot but it can go to the skin if you have a cut it goes systemically and a systemic fungal infection is extremely difficult to get rid of that typically requires hospitalization and guess what they're going to give you that same pill you've been running from mm, okay
4: Back
3: to square one. Yeah. Okay, well thank you so much
4: for your
3: information. Absolutely. And your feet are worth it, Kathy. Have a great weekend. (laughs) They're worth five thousand dollars. Five
2: million. Five million dollars. (laughs) Wow. Look. look, Can I sell one of them? They're the only feet you got. (laughs) That's That's
3: true. You You know, you have one
2: set. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I guess you have two, so you could
3: hop. no, one set. A set of feet. Oh a set. Oh I see. One set of feet. A pair of feet. A pair of feet. feet. And so that uh, particular Um, nail fungus what's the the medical term um dr thomas onychomycosis yeah that's a good thing i like it word? when you give the when you do the big okay. the big words so onychomycosis which is just a very fancy doctor way of saying fungus of your nail that's it we just Absolutely. try to sound smart that's all well and so so talking about that how about so there are some people who get fungal infections of the nail. What about if you just have a fungal infection of the skin around your feet? Like athlete's foot. Yeah. Most of the time, topicals will work, but sometimes they
0: can be so aggressive. I will give oral for about 30 days. So it depends on how severe the topical is.
2: So how do you know you have um, so-called athlete's foot or tinea pedis, I guess?
0: It changes just like any infection. Mm -hmm. You know, the symptoms are always different. So some patients will have something simple like peeling skin or... A um, uh, odor that's more than what their normal odor is to the foot. Some people will have blisters. Uh, some people will have what looks like a rash that itches like crazy. So there's different symptoms. Um, some patients will get tissue that is raw in between the toes. It is painful to even put a sock or a shoe on, which can cause problems.
3: So can you get that from um, from using public showers? Can you get... Foot yep. fungus that way you can get yeah you know, I used to hear like all in these in the dorm you're supposed to exactly wear shower she is is shoes shower shoes for public showers I just you know so people have said that but I just didn't know if there was if that was actually really true well where does fungus like to live you know warm a moist, moist environment so uh, yeah it's really just a contact thing right it is and you can see I mean a lot of times I'll see
0: people that have households and they don't realize they're just sharing the love so they would assume that it's some hereditary factor that cause this and, and, and it would be We're right and they'll say well my mom had it and my dad has it and now I have it and Not realizing they shared the same bathroom, shared the same kitchen, walked around
3: barefoot. Or shared shoes even sometimes. Or shared shoes Mm -hmm. and just was sharing love all over the place. Oh, so you can, so knowing that it's a contact issue and it can be spread. So if somebody in your house has it, it can be spread to you. And that's really important. We are going to take our first break of the hour. I see you, sir, who's calling from Collierville. We will take you right after this next break.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org.
3: tuning in this is southern remedy for women and we are all about feet today it's the foot show ladies and gentlemen and we have a caller on the line so we're going to go straight to the phone lines and hear from sir who's calling from collierville good morning good morning what's your question
5: question, yes my question is uh, how what are the chances of contracting a foot fungus through commercial pedicures I was thinking about starting that up again after 30 years.
0: Uh, it really depends on the place that's performing the pedicures. When you go to any facility just ask questions. The first thing you would need to ask is how do they sterilize their instruments? But better yet, go buy your own and bring
3: them. Can, what? Where can you do that? Where can you buy instruments? You can go to like Wal- the Wal- Beauty oh, oh, yeah really. They
0: have have nail nippers i mean they're not using anything unique you can go to a beauty supply store anywhere just buy your own some places will um sell you instruments and will keep it for you in a little container it's kind of like when you go to the fancy restaurants with the wine and they have your wine available you can do that um make sure they're using a liner in their tub make sure that when they have the instruments it's coming out of a package that looks like it may have been something they sterilized it in.
3: Sometimes they'll put them in like Barbicide or something. I've seen Not those. Not good enough. That's old. So I've seen that. So I know. what? What exactly do you recommend about that? Is it just sitting I mean, in a big thing, a liquid it has to stay, But it has to
0: stay in for at least 20 minutes. So how do you know how long it's been in there? You don't. So To me, uh, I would say bring your own. That way you don't have to think about it. The concern I have most of the time is that a lot of these places will not tell the prior customer that they have a fungal infection. So you don't know what's being transmitted. And this is my favorite. And I know this doesn't pertain to you, sir, is nail polish. I don't understand sharing nail polish if I don't know who the other person is.
3: I never really thought about that. Yeah, Bring your own bottle oh
0: yeah byob bring your own bottle
3: interesting so yeah. you can actually transmit a
0: nail fungus through polish. you know years ago they used to keep formaldehyde and all that stuff in the nail polish which killed everything but they've taken all of that That's out right now. Mm-hmm. and so you know some i've had some people so well, i don't think it transmits that way i don't know but if it's too easy to just buy your own and say here you know, don't paint with that. I'll pick my polish out myself. Thank you. But
3: they've got all those colors. Do <laughs> <They>, you <laughs> so know they sell them, them at
0: stores one near you? It's like a smorgasbord of colors. You just I know that doesn't pertain a corncub, to you, yeah. sir, but that's like one of my pet peeves. And it may be just me, but guess what? I bet you won't get a fungal infection from that pedicure.
3: Good point. Well, those uh, are some really interesting uh, points. All right, sir. So what? what so what, autoclave number one.
0: Ask, ask about an autoclave. Ask about um, how they. Ask their practices, how do they clean their instruments?
5: Okay, so being a guy, I guess uh, <laughs> I'll just continue becoming my own
3: toenails. <laughs> 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 well and here's another I mean, question. Can, so yeah. the, but are there so outside of commercial nail shops, it, do podiatrists actually do that type of foot care? Or is is there any way, like, what other options do people have outside of commercial places? I would say this. There things? are some commercial places, to be honest with you, that are
0: really good. Yeah, and they sure. won't even let a patient, excuse me, a, a, a client come in that has an infection. Um, I've had some patients come to my office and say, hey, I tried to get a pedicure and they would not see me. So I'm like, that's a good one. So there are some that will screen uh, those. The other tip I tell patients, t- too, is when you go to get a pedicure, go when it's not very crowded. Like, go on a mm-hmm. Wednesday at 9 o'clock in the morning. Your chances of most likely those instruments are sterile because by state law, they're supposed to have sterile instruments. So you would assume that the first batch is sterile. So just be the first one. Then you don't have to worry about it. And you won't have a crowd. There you go. There you go. Thank you, you Absolutely. Will.
3: Have a great weekend. Happy pedicuring. <laughs> Be safe out there. Um, so next we're gonna hear from Tommy who's calling us from Moreau, Louisiana. Good morning, Tommy. Hello.
5: Good
3: morning. There you go. Good hey. morning.
5: right. I'm having problems with my Achilles tendon.
0: Okay. Tell me what tell me what kind of problem you're having.
4: Yeah, can you hear me? We, we can hear, hear you. you. Right. Um it's it's just real uh irritated when I
3: Oh Tommy uh, oh, Tommy out. I think we lost you. Are you there? Well, Achilles right, tendons so, so go can ahead. make a mad, so, right? So, yeah, so we can't, so Tommy, we can't hear you. If you'd like to give us a call back when you're in a better area, if you have a better connection, that'd be wonderful. But in the meantime, um, so how often do you see people with Achilles issues, and kind of what are some of the more common things that you might hear from your patients, Dr. Thomas?
0: With Achilles tendon, he's having pain on the back of the heel that goes up of the calf muscle. Um, typically when patients have that problem is from an overuse syndrome. Um, not sure about his particular case. It's but common
3: in runners too, right? That's kinda one of the things that it's you common have to,
0: if it's common in a runner, the first thing I would assume is either they're not wearing the right shoe or they're not stretching. Mm-hmm. So that's what I assume for them. But you will see it a lot, and you can see it in people that have arthritic conditions. You'll see it in rheumatoid arthritis patients. So anywhere where there's, um, and you can get what's called a bone spur on the back of that heel and it's pulled tight, there's a condition that uh, you see it in a lot of patients with high arches. Because if you have a high arch, you automatically are going to have some contracture of that Achilles tendon. I see it a lot in patients who wear High heel shoes and they go from high heel shoes to flats and go back and forth, and you kind of confuse the tendon, doesn't know which way you're trying to go. So, if you wore uh, heels for three months straight and you contracted that tendon and then you decided, oh, I'm going to go to a flat, the Achilles sometimes will flare up because it's been contracted for months and all of a sudden you tried to stretch it out by wearing a flat. So, so it gets there's inflamed. Yeah, so there's so many different reasons that can cause an Achilles tendon. So how do you make it better? Uh depending on the location of the Achilles tendon. Um typically we try to offload it and offload it can be either with a particular shoe of what's called a, adding a heel lift to the shoe, stretching exercises, and there's this new thing I've been using in my office that a colleague invented called an Aquinas brace, which is fantastic. So for patients, Doesn't have anything with to do with horses? No not at okay. all. Just <laughs> Aquinas is a condition where your ankle doesn't bend back. It's, it should have a certain degree that it bends back. We call it dorsiflexion. And if you're not able to do that, you're more at risk of having heel pain. So it actually, um, you may have heard of night splints. Sometimes people well, have heard I've of worn them Yeah, for they, plantar fasciitis. I, yeah, I hate night splints. Oh, oh, oh I like I like they're they're cool. She's like,
3: I have one. Yeah, she's like, they, don't do it.
0: We used to use that, but it really didn't do a true... Um, stretch for the Achilles and the Aquinas brace does that so I actually use that instead of a night splint so it like actively forces your foot up into yeah it pushes it to that 10 degree mark and I can really control how much and it's you don't have to sleep in it it's one hour a day versus the night splint you wore all night I don't know how you did it so kudos if you did it is it
3: painful the Achilles tendonitis no is it painful when you're in the splint no not at all okay no it's not painful Interesting. So it's an and just for for an hour, and it can actually help to it because so it
0: stretches that Achilles tendon. And a lot of people, that's the underlying problem mm-hmm. of why they're having the Achilles tendon. Um, sometimes it can have it because you have an issues with your knee. The Achilles tendon inserts into that knee joint. So if you have osteoarthritis in the knee and the knee is flared up, they can end up having Achilles tendinitis associated with it. So.
2: Why anything that compromises the way you walk can, in the end, compromise Absolutely. your Absolutely, the right? Achilles
0: tendon. Just a little weird note: the uh, during World War II, for the Japanese prisoners, they would cut the Achilles tendon <gasps> real quick, just so you can't walk because the Achilles tendon is what lifts your heel. So they didn't have to tie so you, you didn't up. You have I to run just, away. Yeah, you can't, you can't, can't, away can't run that. away. Quick cut done. Wow, that's mean. And that's horrible. That's kind of smart though, if you just think oh. about it.
3: My goodness. So now we're now we're learning how to. Create how to self-defense one on (laughs) one war crimes. (laughs) Like um, all right, so again, guys, the number one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and we are talking about feet. I have a question about shoes. What is the
2: best way for a shoe to fit? Should you have some room at the toe? Should the toe touch the end, etc.? Like, or how much room is too? Because you want your foot sliding all around in the
0: shoe. You want to have some room in the shoe because when you walk you're going to slide forward a little bit. So if your toe is right at the end of the shoe, then you'll end up having either calluses at the end of the toes or pushing the nail and causing damage to the nail plate, which could lead to a thick nail, the fungus, etc, cuz now you've lifted up the nail plate. So typically you want to have at least I say a quarter of an inch
3: that's why those people, you know, when you That's try right. on shoes. For well, my kids, I, I always make kid. sure there's plenty because you and grow. they squeeze on them. Yeah. But when
2: you're an adult, they don't do that so much. You want to make sure, right? You don't want to buy your growing kid a shoe with their toes at the end. That's true. That but keep in mind minute. that
3: our,
0: <laughs> our foot does change as we That's age, true. too. So you don't want to just say, well, I wear size eight forever. That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. No. Your feet so, are alive.
3: So tell me this. Uh, what exactly is a corn? A corn is a buildup
0: of hard skin that happens on top of your toes, only on top of the toes. So you toes. can't have a
3: corn on the bottom. If it's on the That's bottom, it's not a
0: corn. It's callous. Okay. It's called a callous. A and those are, are shoe, considered yeah. layman's terms more than anything else. Mm. But it's... So what's um, the medical
3: term for corn? Is there a medical corn? Hyperkeratotic lesion. Ooh, I like corn better. I know. <laughs> I but like pay for keratotic. Corns reasons.
0: calluses, period, only come on the foot because of abnormal pressure, period. They don't happen for any other reason, whether it's the ground forces or a shoe or a combination of both. It's a combi- so if it's a callus mm-hmm. on the bottom of the foot, it could be a biomechanical problem the way you're walking. There's ways you can help correct that by the change of shoe gear orthotics etc so there are,
3: so but there are lots of uh, over-the-counter things available yes that are sold and most of them uh, contain what that acid salicylic acid yes. yeah salicylic acid and so- <clears throat> does it really quote soften
0: the corn? I mean it's an acid it eats away the lesion and if you're not getting rid of the cause it's mute. Yeah, I'm just putting that same shoe back on. You're putting the same shoe yeah. on. It doesn't matter. Now, I will say this. In very fine print on that bottle, it says, do not use if you're diabetic. I have had to do several amputations because they use the salicylic acid too long basically they
3: can't, te- they can't they can't feel there you go and Oh so well no yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. oh, led to ulceration
3: which don't use that stuff if you're diabetic yes. you heard it here absolutely definitely talk to your doctor before you do that so it's time for us to take our next break of the hour we've got two callers on the line we see you and we are going to take our break as we are talking about the foot show and we'll be right back after this
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org.
3: where we are here on Southern Remedy for Women, and this is the foot show. I think your head typically always over your feet, but okay, we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> this is the foot show with Dr. Stephanie Thomas. We have way too much fun during these, these episodes, ladies and gentlemen, but we are going to go to our phone lines and hear from our two patient callers. Um, first, we will hear from Melissa, who's calling from Mobile. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. What's your question? I actually had a person
4: suggest to me when I was having trouble with dry heels and foot fungus to try soaking my feet in hydrogen peroxide and apple cider vinegar and it works great and it actually works better the second and third time that you do it. Uh, I would suggest you stay out of those stinky nail salons. They are notorious for bad environmental practices and spreading Communicable diseases of your feet and fungus, uh, and they're and toenail polish is terrible for the environment. So, to anybody out there who is interested in saving the world with their feet, that's a great way to start. Hydrogen peroxide and apple cider vinegar.
3: Awesome.
2: Well, thank you, Melissa's views. By the way, do not represent the views of us or our guest. But, but Melissa, I like saving the environment with your feet.
0: I, I would say I would say this that the apple cider vinegar was what was doing it more so than the peroxide. Really,
3: because the peroxides are an antibacterial. It has antibacterial properties, but that's a the fungus. fungus. I I get it. I was just saying it has antibacterial yeah. properties. Yeah. But the apple cider vinegar
0: does kill. Um, vinegar by itself does kill some skin fungus, so that's actually not a bad thing. And we actually recommend it sometimes when patients have a severe case. of Along with medication, sometimes I'll have them do a vinegar foot soak.
3: Really? So, how how exactly do you, what's the combination? How do you prescribe it? Is it like 50 50? What do you, I mean, is it yeah, more I mean, vinegar, less water? What's
0: that? How you do it? it? How do you tell them? I tell them to use a third of a cup of vinegar and pour it in a pan of water. And nothing. And
3: Oh, so you don't even have to dilute it with anything. You just pour you it know, in there with water. Your water in when there. They, well, with
0: water. And then, but
3: you don't need the peroxide. And how long awesome. you have to soak it in there? Just 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Oh, yeah. all right. think that's pretty awesome well thanks so much melissa for um for tip absolutely and you know i do think it is a um a a good point to be made that you know it's really important to know what the practices are of the places that you go or that you patronize who whether they are doing procedures or any other kind who are providing these services it's really important for you to know kind of about the things that they're using. And I think sometimes we fall victim to taking those things for granted because we just make assumptions about them without realizing it. And unfortunately, sometimes um, people do get... Nail funguses or things like that that may be transferred from you know those spaces. it's almost like you know we talk about the safety of tattoo parlors and those kinds of things and making sure that those instruments are are cared for and sterilized properly so that it decreases the likelihood of transmitting diseases from one person to the next and we all know that you know sanitizing your hands is also very important, and so all of those things I think are are key, and we always have to keep them top of mind so next we're going to go to Linda and uh who's calling us from Port Gibson. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. Well, good. What's uh, your question?
4: I have a problem with my foot. Uh, it just numbs up. It's that first toe. It numbs up and especially numbs up and hurt when the weather changes. Uh, is there anything I could do? Uh, currently, I'm taking... Uh, uh, gabapentin.
0: Uh, okay, eighty
4: milligrams.
0: Eight hundred milligrams?
4: Yeah, eight hundred milligrams.
0: I don't know your other medical history to see what could be causing that one toe. The fact that it's one toe concerns me and thinks it's more uh structural, like if you're having issues with your lower back or your hip joint.
4: Well uh well I do have diabetes.
0: Yeah, but diabetes typically won't impact one toe. So that makes me that's think what it's...
4: My, that's what my doctor said, that uh, he was concerned because it don't impact just one right. toe.
0: Have your doctor do what's called a nerve conduction study. Write that uh, down.
4: No, oh, yeah, I'll write it down.
0: Okay, right, nerve, nerve conduction study. And that way you can see if it's coming from the foot. And if it's not, then it's coming from somewhere else. And he may have to do a little more, some more testing.
4: Is it said that nerve no conduction is where they take those pins and stick?
0: Yeah. Have you had that done already?
4: Uh, what I had it done for when I had carpal tunnel.
0: Yes, but that's the test. I know it's not a fun one, but it'll let us know if there's anything truly going on with the foot. And if it's normal, then that means it's coming from somewhere else, and I would bet it's coming from your back. Hmm. Okay.
4: Well, um,. Well, I would check with my doctor and uh, arrange to have a nerve conduction test.
3: Yeah, I would do that first.
4: Thank you so much for taking my call.
3: Oh, wonderful. It's good to hear from you, and good luck to you, Linda. Okay. Bye-bye. We're gonna Bye-bye. We're going to go on to the next caller who's on the line. I think this is Ashu who's calling from Olive Branch. Good morning.
5: Hi, uh, my name is Ashu. Mm-hmm. My question is uh, regarding... I run on treadmill sometime outside on the weekends, about six to seven miles, and what I've noticed is that on my right leg, the second and third finger, nail, it becomes a little hard, you know, when I am, after about a month of noticing that. Also, the skin just under the, the nail on my right leg, or the second and third finger, becomes harder. I... Suspect it is happening because I put pressure there consistently. Uh, it's not bothering. It's just that when I'm cutting my nail, you know, the thickness of the nail is right. really more than the usual. So I'm wondering if you can shed some light on it. Maybe other runners are having the same problem. I guess
0: it's it's coming from trauma. So you're when you're running, you're hitting the end of that shoe, and that's causing the thickening of that nail. Um, make sure, and I don't know where you got your shoes when you purchased the shoes? Did someone fit you or you just kind of?
5: I literally just bought it uh, by looking at the reviews on internet.
0: Ah, Okay. <laughs> so what I would suggest is either you go to a shoe store. I don't know if you know how to use. You know those little um, things that you see in the shoe stores that measure the length of your shoes, length of your feet? Yes. Excuse me. Check and see what size feet you have and see because they're not going to be exactly the same. And just see if the right is slightly different than the left. And then you may need to adjust the size shoe you're wearing. I see. Okay.
4: I know when
2: I've gone to places to buy running shoes in the past, they also suggest that I buy a larger shoe than perhaps what I'm used to wearing. Like if my size is seven, they have me buy like an eight and a half. Yeah.
0: I, and it's... <laughs> you do want to go i don't know about that big but you do want to go sometimes a a size up especially if you're running long distances because you tend to swell and so and that becomes an issue later so that's marathon runners or what have you definitely um if you've been running six or seven miles and hadn't had that issue but you just switched shoes then that makes me wonder is there something going on with that particular shoe
5: Perhaps, but I've been running in these shoes for almost close to 500 miles, and I've done half marathons, uh, and I kind of really got used to the the shoe and the way it fits my leg, but I noticed this one problem, but, uh, you know, what I mentioned earlier, uh, I can certainly go to a custom shoe shop just to see if... I would do that first,
0: because it's not painful, but most likely it's secondary to trauma, just repeated trauma. Okay.
5: I see. Okay. Well, I Thank you thanks so, much. so much
3: for your call. Have a great weekend and good luck to you.
5: Thank you. You too.
3: So, Dr. Thomas, um, we since this is Southern Remedy for women, I do want to talk about something that might be a little bit more prevalent or common among women, and that's the issue of bunions. Isn't that something that happens to women a little bit more than men? It does. And um, exactly why is it that that happens? You know the answer. Well, other people who are listening may not. (laughs) She's trying to pull it out of you so hard.
0: (laughs) A lot of times it happens because of shoe gear, um, period. And women are notorious for wearing cute shoes that they know does not fit their foot, but they look great. Don't they? And they make your calves look amazing. (laughs) Pop out, all of that, yes. Um, As a result... (laughs) We do see it more commonly in women than men. Men do get bunions, but women more so. Uh, a lot of it just has to do with shoe gear. When you wear a heel, you just we mentioned how much weight the heel takes, but you transfer all of that weight to the ball of your foot, and you really were not designed to do that. So it changes the um, way the foot, when you walk the what we call the first bone below your big toe that hits the ground first and then it goes one two three four five so now you're putting all your weight on that first metatarsal which was not how you were designed
3: poor little first foot bone
0: so if you had the bunion or the bunionette whatever on the other side it's because you're putting all your pressure on the outside yeah and if you're getting a bunionette a lot of times i'll see it in people with cute little high arches though because you tend to roll out or what we call supinate supinate
3: yeah i'm a high arch person <laughs> i'm a, so a supinator I get that. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not a bunionator yet. Okay. So <laughs> that number guys. One eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone lines are open. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 877 And we are talking about your feet. So a lot of people don't know if they have feet problems, who they need to talk to, or how to get to a person to fix those issues. And we are fortunate enough to have our resident uh, podiatry expert, Dr. Stephanie Thomas, here with us. So Dr. Thomas, so we're talking about this bunion thing. Yes. Um, and, and so it they it creates these little it's actually a a bump and a deviation right so right. you have the what the, happens
0: that bone actually shifts and the bump that you see is what we call the head of the top part of the bone that's the bump but it's simply because the tendon on top has gotten weak from we're going to use a fancy term biomechanical issues. And once that tendon gets weak, the bone shifts out, we have a bunion.
3: So it's unequal distribution of weight in your feet in a a way that's dysfunctional that causes this shifting. And then all of a sudden, I guess your big toe wants to get closer to To the 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 other little toes. toes. So can you
2: exercise your tendon and make it go away?
3: Oh, I love those (laughs) advertisement
0: (laughs) commercials. Um, A little foot exercise? Yeah. If it was very benign meaning you really didn't have a shift of the bone but typically patients will have symptoms beforehand either pain along the tendon something that they ignored if you started to stretch it then fine but if you're still wearing the same thing that's causing it to me it's like i'm putting out a fire but i have kerosene in my hand and once the bump is there the how do bump you fix is it surgery is the only option
3: so so the little nice Bunion um, treatments and toe spacers and all of those things will not reverse. No, it won't reverse, but it can help alleviate some of the symptoms you get from the
0: tendon that's strained from the pull, abnormal pull. So it'll feel better. I mean, you can use padding and things like that, and you can wear it in shoes, and you can, you know, you can have a bunion and not have pain. So you know, and that's very important. Some patients will come in, and if they just change their what they're wearing, they no longer have pain. You don't have to have.
3: Surgery. But it but once it's there, it's not gonna go away unless it's surgically removed. Correct. Okay, fantastic. Well, we're about to take our next break. We uh do have a caller or two on the line, and we will get to you right after this. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and we're talking about your feet.
2: My teenager years with the NKO TV. Thank you, producer extraordinaire Jay White, for playing that. I feel young again. We're going to go straight to the phone lines and talk to Jerry, who is calling. Where is Jerry calling? Jerry, where are you calling from?
4: calling from Ward, Alabama.
2: Okay. Well, thanks for calling. What's your question?
4: Um, uh, for about a year now, I've had my uh
5: on
4: my big toe from the skin underneath and it's not painful but uh, where the skin goes to the toe there doesn't seem to be any connective tissue on a half the toenail about halfway down about a half an inch uh from the end of the toe about half an inch from the side of the toe and like i said it doesn't feel like it's pulled loose it's not well do you have any idea what caused that
0: okay you were going in and out so i'm a ask you a couple of questions to make sure I understand what color is the toenail itself
4: oh it's normal
0: it's a normal toenail but it's lifting up and it's not staying attached to the toe is that what (laughs) yeah it's not underneath
2: can you repeat that again I said it's not attached to the toe okay
0: Okay, um, I'm going to assume that there was some type of trauma, and I don't know. Have you gone to anyone to have them just cut the part that's lifting up off?
4: No, I have Okay. That would leave me short
0: Well, your be nail worse. is supposed to continue to grow unless there's been trauma to the area underneath called the nail bed, but your nail is like your hair, so it's a continuous growth. It shouldn't just stop unless there's been trauma to that toe. Okay. And without seeing it, it's hard for me to uh, analyze it. I would suggest going going to your family doctor, or if you have a podiatrist nearby, just have them take a look at it and see.
4: Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks
3: so much, Jerry.
0: Bye-bye.
2: So there's really, other than trauma, I mean, is there anything that causes your nails just to come off?
0: It could be anything. It could be a fungal infection. It can mm-hmm. be a growth underneath. I have Yeah, yeah. without seeing it, I don't know. Um, so that's why I said think he should go and have someone take a look at it, even though he's saying it's not painful.
2: Yeah. It may look normal from his eye, but uh right. probably it best be to have it taken else. Yeah. take a look at it. So
3: what exactly causes ingrown toenails? We're talking about nails coming off. What about the ones that get stuck the in? Yeah, the, ones, the ones that kind of want to hang around? or
0: uh, Different reasons. One would be someone that, and I see this a lot in younger people, teenagers. They're cutting their nails, and instead of cutting the nail at the end, they'll pull it. Wait, what? Pull the nail? Oh, like if you cut across 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 it, it, and then you have the end hanging, and and they'll pull. And so sometimes they'll do that. We see it in my young, younger people, pediatric they'll do that and that can lead to opening which as that nail grows it curves in and that can cause ingrown nail um, you can see it a lot in people that play sports and any sport you think about it with the sudden stop and start so tennis players basketball they, yes mm-hmm. turf toe yeah, not turf toe no um, that's a different condition I, I just like basketball. Basketball. <laughs> saying that
3: there's no turf in basketball no. correct but any, oh my any, gosh oh
0: hush
2: Owens <laughs>
3: There's no turf in there's, basketball. And there's no crying in
2: baseball. You're right.
3: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I digress. The sports, like, as a sports lover, I just could not let that pass. Yes. My apologies. But, no.
0: <laughs> but she's, but she's, they're both right. There's no crying in baseball and there's no turf toe in basketball. But any sport that there's a sudden stop and start type thing, you can sometimes get an ingrown nail just from that. Um From having a fungal infection, because a fungal infection, when the nail gets thick, it tends to cause the nail to become more incurvated. So a lot of times with the fungal infection, they will end up getting an ingrown nail secondary to that.
3: You said it becomes more Incurvated. I'm sorry, it curves in. Oh, incurvated. Oh, okay. So you started using that. You used the big word really fast. I apologize. I got to start. Yes. We're, we're a little foot deficient it here. It curves in the, okay. like Friday. an ingrown
2: nail. It's the Friday show. Look. It's
3: curvated. Yes. I learned a new word today. Yes. I'm going to use it twice. But you will <laughs>
0: see that a lot with fungal infections that don't get addressed. So a lot of times when they come in, they would say, I came in because it hurts. And it's not just because of the fungus. It's now they have an ingrown nail. How do you keep from getting ingrown again? Because
2: isn't there some kind of
0: certain way you got to cut your nail? Don't cut
2: your nail. Let it stay long or
0: depends on the cause some people if they've had a nail that has been damaged whether it's from a fungal infection or trauma it permanently is growing in incurvated all right <laughs> there's so a we know per- what that means, yes, what that means. there's a in. permanent procedure that you could do that cut the side of the nail out where it never grows back again it is not painful it sounds- it's done no, under it local anesthesia total pain totally it is painful. not it is not
3: Local anesthesia on your feet also sounds painful. Yeah, like that block. And, yeah, putting putting like denervating or putting lidocaine or numbing medicine into hands and feet around no, nails the seems really. It is, but one, as
0: you know, as providers, as practitioners, it depends on the technique of who's performing That's the injection. Right. Make That's it comfortable. one. she make you comfortable. Two, I know in my office, I have. You remember in the military? Laughing gas. No. Right. Um, right. Do you remember seeing old clips of the military when they had like an air gun and they had them lined up to give shots? Yeah. Okay, I have something called a MetaJet in my office. Put lidocaine in it. It actually. Sprays the area and numbs the skin so they get lidocaine right through the skin. They don't feel my needle stick.
2: Really? Oh, let's fancy. drop a micro quick.
3: Boop, we need that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I, that means you won the lottery for the day. I, I'm, so now I kind of want to go and just get numbed up just because like and, I, and everybody knows how much I hate needles. OK, so we have got roughly about um, a minute or so left in the broadcast. Thank you so much for being here. But I would like to know just words of wisdom, pearls for our listening audience. We've covered a lot of things that could go wrong. Foot health, important takeaways from today.
0: I would say the most important thing that I want to see from our listeners, especially those that are diabetic in particular, and I know this sounds insane, when they go and see their family doctor, take your socks off. That will probably be the biggest uh, thing. Sometimes Ask, make sure they're examining your foot. Ask, and a, a lot of times there are patients that would do the whole well they didn't ask that's why I didn't yeah, tell right. sure and so I always say look take your socks off and I don't care what it is whether it's your toenail fell off or whatever say something because that's a lot of times what leads to bigger problems because we don't say anything. and We wait till it gets too bad. Well and we're uncomfortable we don't know if the if my family doctor is the right one but that's the gatekeeper so Absolutely. to me that's the first contact say something.
3: And on behalf of the doctors we like being reminded you know let us you know if, if there's something that's a concern to you and we haven't brought it up don't leave without bringing it up because if we can't fix it for you we can get you to somebody who can. Absolutely. Awesome. So thank you guys so much for being with us today dr thomas as always we are so grateful to have had you today's southern remedy was produced and engineered by jay white the best producer ever Um, with dr ellie brown i'm dr michelle owens liz gill screened our calls awesome thank you so much for being with us and join us next friday at 11 o'clock for southern remedy for women npr's here and now is next on mpb think radio